is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, London is Blue podcast. Hey, Chelsea fans, Dan here. I know that we're going to get you into a Norwich Rash review in just a moment. Uh, we do have these pre-pod messages uh, a little more often than usual, as today it was announced that Roman Abramovich has been sanctioned by the UK government. It has massive ramifications for the club, including its sale. As we kind of preach to this point, we don't know all the facts yet. There's a lot of information changing minute to minute, hour to hour, and we always have a commitment to you as our listener to A, be right, and to be as informative and as timely as possible. So, Nick, we, we are going to record some content around this, but it just won't be today. Uh, you know, we need to make time to get with our journalist friends in the UK and, and really start to go through some of the, the big issues and the, the actual impact of this. Right. Yeah, I think we put this out on social media earlier, but um, you guys know that we're not going to be first on stuff like this. Um, there's too much at stake and it's too messy uh, we'd like to get some more uh, clarity before we do a whole lot of commentary on what will happen, all this stuff. And I mean, look, if you thought last week was a huge bummer, uh, welcome to this week. Uh, this week is a is a catastrophic. Uh, it's a catastrophic day with the sanctions because now the club is is being affected. It can't run as it. Uh, once did the sale is going to be complicated. We just have a lot of shit to figure out. So uh, I think our main concern, and, and we again, we put this out on social media, but we want to reiterate it here, is that because of the sanctions, uh, a lot of workers at the club, a lot of club employees at the at the pro shop or at uh, the stadium tours or, you know, th- those who are, you know, potentially working match days or whatever um, are, are dramatically affected by this, right? Um, and we have a lot of friends uh, who work at Chelsea uh, who we're thinking of, and um, we're also thinking of the folks who work around the stadium as well. We know that it's a big economy uh, booster uh, for, for that area, and if the club's not able to operate in the same way that it, it once did, then there could be ramifications for people who had no, nothing to do with the reason that the sanctions were there in the first place. So uh, send your send your thoughts to them first, um, you know, and then look, we've said this at the beginning of every show. Our thoughts are, are, are first and foremost with the people of Ukraine. It's been a brutal few days over there. Um, bombing of hospitals with people inside, bombing of playgrounds, kids, stuff like that. There's... It, it is just as brutal as it gets. And, you know, I'm, I'm consistently inspired by these folks and I, and I, I absolutely love their courage and their heart, but, uh, they need help. And if you're able to send any dollars, any could be $3, could be $5, could be a thousand dollars, whatever you have to the Ukrainian Red Cross, any of the organizations that are supporting the mass Exodus across the borders in Poland and Romania and all those and all those uh, countries on on the border. That would be amazing. World Central Kitchen feeding people who haven't had food for seven days or whatever because of the bombings. Dan, I mean, this is 
it's a huge humanitarian effort now, and uh, we, we have tried to do our part, but it's going to require a, a bigger army than what we have on, on the podcast. Yeah, so with that said, we're going to bring you a Norwich match review. We will continue to bring you as much information as we can about the club as quickly as possible and as thoroughly researched as we can so that uh, you can keep abreast. And uh, we thank everybody for uh, their kind words and their messages as we continue to produce this. But uh, to that point, uh, enjoy the Norwich match review and uh, thoughts, uh, huge thoughts and hearts for uh, the people of Ukraine. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode, that's right, of the London is Blue podcast, we, we think your favorite Chelsea podcast. Uh, Dan, one of your hosts here, no Brandon, because he's out, Nick, I think doing something related to wedding planning, and he just picked the perfect time to take a day off. Yeah, first first me leaving last week for vacation yep. whilst uh, the sale was announced, then then Brandon uh, working all day, then, then working all night during the... Uh, uh, we'll call it sanction day. Um, it's a uh, it's a hell of a time to take to take some time, but we're not going to leave you hanging. In fact, we're going to bring on just an incredible uh, guest for tonight's episode of uh, of nothing but North City reviews. Um, Mr. Mike Ryan Ruiz, welcome back to the show, my friend. I am so happy to see you guys. I know we were off-air bantering a little bit. I am very upset that Brandon did not show up for my my remontada. Uh, triumphant London return. Blue, triumphant return. Uh, but um, it, it is so great to finally carve out the time in my schedule and, and be with you guys. It was a part of my routine for a couple of years there. It helped keep me sane. And I did not know how much I missed it until it was gone and in front of my face in the Zoom. And I'm so thankful to see you. <laughs> Oh, well, we are just so thankful. And before we get into the match review, we have to just highlight the fact that Mike Runwees turns to, returns to us, not just someone who is established within the Audiosonic no. universe of the Dan Levitard and Sugat show. Trademark. Not only coming in as just, you know, wonderful individual in person, uh, great husband, wonderful uh, father. <laughs> Drinker of whiskey. I, I, you know, some people are saying it. Some people are saying it. That's what we've heard. But also internationally renowned chart-topping producer of the big game. <laughs> the number one album on iTunes across all genres. That's right. All genres. iTunes. It is presently the number one album. I've never done musicals before. I've never done music before. And I am a chart-topping success. A little pound in the chest. Uh, That that might have sounded a little ego-soaked, but if there's ever a day to feel yourself, it is today, folks. So so what do you do? Do you retire now? Like, what's the, like, what... What, I'm what quickly happens? realizing what I do is apparently more. My insatiable audience cannot get <laughs> enough of this. So, Did Lin-Manuel Miranda retire after Hamilton? No, Mike Ryan Weiss is not going to retire. It's double downtime. I'm ready for his Disney movies. There I'm needs to be a so, deluxe edition. So glad that now we're equating Mike and Lynn in the same collab album. Next one. Let's go. Get Lynn on the horn. I am so proud to be part of the Mount Rushmore of Latino musical composers <laughs> that are taking over all of music right now. So, um, and look, this is probably a fleeting moment for me, but uh, it is wild. It, it is for those that are uninitiated. I am part of the Dan Lebetard show. 
And I had a crazy kooky idea to recap the Super Bowl, aka the big game in a musical form with all original compositions and original lyrics. And we put out a full length album this week. Today, it debuted number one on the charts, all genres, number one soundtrack, number one comedy album, and number one ahead of the likes of Adele and Morgan Whalen and Encanto. Those are nobodies, though. I mean, <laughs> not compared to the big game, buddy. Come on now. It's it's surreal. It's surreal. I went to the Olive Garden for dinner today. <laughs> hey, first of all, when you know you're there, out. <laughs> when you're there, your family. Okay. I said, Garcon, your finest 2021. <laughs> well, hey, we are going to direct you to that. We'll put links in the description and shoot it out because you should listen to it. It's a phenomenal work from Mike and the whole team and an absolute bit of brightness in uh, seemingly uncharted times. But, hey, we're going to talk about this Norwich match. We're going to go through Kai being the guy, mounting a return, and a mostly resolute defense. Uh, but, Nick... No, Brandon. So uh, I bestow upon you the honor of running us through some three-word match reviews. <laughs> okay. Uh, disclaimer before we get into these. It's a very emotional day. Okay. So more emotional than uh, we've seen in some time. Actually, uh, than we've seen maybe ever. It's the biggest kind of news that can break. So if these were charged, you know why. Uh, JW with Her Majesty's Blues, which is very clever. Uh, Gana Zagina with three times two, uh, with no fun being poked at our, our former sponsor. Uh, Juro with lads, it's Norwich, of course, uh, duh. RJ with birds of courage, uh, referencing uh, that brave creature that was on the pitch during the match, uh, which, of course, Dan will touch on more as he is a birder himself. Uh, Andrew McDougall, friend of the pod and a part of the Porto Five with For the Badge. Um, that's about all you need right there. Janique with chaos and dubs facts, uh, AJ with no sponsor necessary. Perfect. Uh, and then Dustin with Kai's the key. And, uh, we will definitely be talking about, uh, our young German forward here in a bit. Yes, indeed we will. So, uh, again, uh, Mr. Number one worldwide, uh, in the 305. <laughs> I, I can't uh, claim, your... I can't claim any of those being a self-respecting Miamian. Pitbull has claimed to all of the titles you just bestowed upon um, me. Well, I said you're um, Mr. Um, number one because um, you're number um, one on a chart right now in the 305, which you are. You are He's in the Mr. 305 and Mr. Worldwide. I can't take credit yeah, for that. Look, I'm trying to help you out here. Don't, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> anyway, what's your three-word match review? My three-word match review? Yeah. N'Golo Conte, good. <laughs> N'Golo Conte, real good. And also, Aspie headers into path. That's way too many words. Uh, but I, I, I was talking with you guys off air and I just realized that my mental image of Cesar Aspeliqueta in a blue shirt is him heading the ball into his own path and controlling it better than anyone else on the planet <laughs> and using that as a superb skill to make up for a lack of pace. Not enough is said about this. I myself am pretty upset being that I'm a former host of a Chelsea podcast that I never mentioned this. And I'm saying it now in what appears to be his final year as our captain. Uh, everyone who just heard you say that is now envisioning it. And they're mad also that they have not picked up on it as I was. So it's a great astute observation that uh, look, Aspie's the man. Look, Nick, you have one here as well. Uh, I think yours is a, a little bit of a pun. People like me. Those. Me? No, I'm very serious. Um, three a later. 
I'm with that. I'm with that. For many reasons. All right. Probably articulated in this episode's preamble. Sure. Yeah. Uh, So there's that. I went with business. There's a lot of business today. Birthday. 117th birthday. Happy birthday. (laughs) Happy 117th birthday, Chelsea. Sorry, it sucks. Uh, And then bird. Because there was a bird on the pitch. It was hilarious. It was a a moment of joy. Dan, did the... uh did the British government waste the good surprise on us or, or what? Like, what happened there? All right. Well, anyway, we got a couple gratitudes as well. We're going to thank uh, Globe Trekker fan from the U.S. for a wonderful five-star review in Apple podcast. Again, when you're getting the big game and downloading that from iTunes, just flip over to that podcast app and drop a five-star Beep. review for us. It'd feel really good. And on Spotify, when you're also potentially downloading the album to your device, the big game there, uh, look, leave a five-star review for us there, too. We're at uh, 775 reviews. Very close to 800. That would be a nice milestone to break. So, uh... You know, add a little bit of positivity and light back into the world by doing those things. That'd be great. Uh, anyway, match details. We're into a match. We got a match going on. It was a match against Norwich. It was this past Thursday, March 10th. It was the Premier League. It was a Carroll Road. Norwich won three to Chelsea. Goals from Trev Chalaba in the third minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three. Mason Mount in the 14th minute. Timu Puki with a penalty. A little bit of a gift there in the 69th minute. And then Kai Havertz sending it home with three total goals in the 90th plus. Fist and highlights. We'll, uh, we'll let those run back now. Uh, hopefully there are some there. And uh, we'll see you for the lineup. Plenty of uh, men in blue. Up for this. And it's gone in. Not sure who got the last touch. Chalaber, I think, is claiming it. But either way, Chelsea have a gold inside three minutes. Havertz again with those twinkling toes. Nicely done, Mason Mount. Yeah! 2 0. Shelling peas. And this could become a rock. Beautifully finished by Mount, who just loves to play against Norwich. Six against them now in his last four games. And it's 2-0 inside a quarter of an hour. Well, Lucas Rupp. Ismailu. Well, a penalty for that. And it was a shot from Puki. Decent save by Mendy. Excellent reactions from the Chelsea keeper. The question mark over VAR here, won't it? It's a penalty. Yeah, that will be a penalty. It's a penalty. Well, you can tell from the crowd noise that a penalty's been given. Puki then to bring Norwich back into it and does very confidently. Can't take the penalty much better than that. No, it's a good penalty, isn't it? Sends Mendy the wrong way. And now lost his cheek for Chelsea. That's to go a long, long way. Crossed in and just beyond both Werner and Havertz. Great little ball, isn't it? For anybody to poke on. Chelsea ran the back with Loftus Cheek, Lukaku! That could have been an inspired substitution. Good running round the back from Ruben, good pull back and he can't quite get it on target. But super play from Chelsea. Jorginho, Kante, turned away from trouble. Havertz, game over. What a clinical finish that was. That, emphatically, is three points. Nick Verlaney, line of time. You want to... Run us through this 11 plus? Yeah, absolutely. These uh, these absolute heroes that are on the pitch tonight, Edouard, Mon- Edouard Mendy between the sticks, Andreas Christensen taking uh, Rudiger's place for, I guess, the first time in a long time because Rudiger got a rest, which is fun. Thiago Silva and Trep Chalaba uh, make up the back line. It was a, a re- pretty resolute back line. 
Uh, midfielders, Jorginho and Kovacic with Sal Niguez on the left and Cesar Espilicueta on the right for about one half of football. Uh, and then the forwards, Timo Werner giving uh, Pulisic a chance to be sick, I guess. Uh, and uh, that was fun. Mason Mount, Kai Havertz make up your front three, which is becoming kind of the, the standard uh, operating procedure at our number nine spot. Substitutes, uh, use substitutes, N'Golo Kante and Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Lukaku kind of all coming on um, in the second half. Unused subs of Kepa Aritha Balaga, Malang Sar, Antonio Rudiger, Kennedy, Hakim Ziyech, and Harvey Bale making the bench again. Good to see. I'll uh, run through some quick top line stats. 66% possession to Norwich's 33. We had seven shots on target to their three. 15 total shots to their eight. Uh, we had 17 clearances to their 12. We had eight corners to their three, which proved very decisive. One offsides in total. Timo Werner played almost the entire game. Uh, to their two. Two yellow cards to their none. And then 15 fouls conceded to their eight. With an XG. XG, one of your favorite stats, I think, Mike Ranways. Uh 1.4. 7 to Chelsea. 1.06 to Norwich. And most of that one point is, is the penalty. It was not good from Norwich. It wasn't at all good. Uh, they had a pretty good spell when there was a bird on the pitch and, uh, you know, fair play to the Norwich supporters. Their, their chance I found fairly amusing today, not so much on the away end from, uh, from the Chelsea fans. I'm sure you guys have gotten into that. I, I've seen your thoughts on, on social media, but it was one of those, those games that you kind of started fearing the narrative a little bit after mm. that, uh, that PK I I texted in the group chats to my friends. I'm like, this one has all the makings. Uh, this is this is what chaos uh, chaos FC leans into, and uh, I was already fearing that. But um, God bless Thomas Tuchel, who I think has been tremendous throughout all of this, not just mm-hmm. as a manager. And ironically enough, I thought one of his best moments of the week had nothing to do with Chelsea FC. It was actually the exit of PSG. Imagine a club like that spending all that money with those facilities, those resources getting to an all elusive champions league final and jettisoning that manager for Pochettino. So I think he, he's actually had a pretty good week and his subs actually bore that out because I thought he pressed all the right buttons, even Lukaku as frustrating as it was. Lukaku had a pretty good chance that uh, he would have had, he would have backed the goal if it wasn't for a very good deflection by the defender um, at the death there. So uh, loft his cheek, put it, uh, put his body on the line. I hope he's okay. I know he was laying on the pitch there for a little yeah. bit, but um, it seemed a little dramatic, but I think he's okay. Uh, N'Golo Conte was superb. Dude. Herb. It was, I don't, I, dude, I don't know what, what got into him today, but that was wild. Half turns with the ball dribbling through people. Just, I mean, God, it's just every time you see it, you're like, please just, please just be healthy all the time. Yes. Yeah, all the time. Uh, Nick and Dan, the distribution was so on point to the point that it, it's, it surprised Lukaku because Lukaku assumed like everybody else in the box, like there's no way Ningolo Conte can play that perfect of a pass in this situation. So he actually lets up what would have been a very clear chance if he actually anticipated the perfect pass, which was delivered. Ningolo Conte in a very brief appearance was otherworldly. The closer. Incredible, (laughs) incredible stuff. I thought Kovacic was also game. He had an absolute screamer that, came pretty close yep. and it wouldn't have topped his goal from earlier this year. I don't think anything could, 
but uh, that was a pretty, pretty wild attempt. And we were feeling frisky. I thought Christensen, I was very surprised to see him given the news, but um, he very nearly had a, a header that, that looked good. You know, that I always love AC. I'm really bummed about uh, the rumors that are linking him uh, all but done apparently to Barcelona. It's it's good to see him get a run of play because he, despite all of that, I think he's proven to be a, a very good player and be able to tune out the noise. Uh, today was a day um, that was certainly uneven for Chelsea fans, but to see that effort in that shirt, um, a shirt that had a sponsor on it that bailed too quickly before the match to actually change it. Uh, it, uh, it made me feel like everything was going to be all right in the end. It really did. Yeah. And this club has had that history, you know, they'll, 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 there's peaks and valleys with this club and not, and they're not really valleys when you compare them to maybe some of the other clubs, especially in lower divisions. <clears> but, <throat> yeah. <laughs> but where the expectation of excellence is there've been some valleys and there's obviously been adversity and the, the constant has been Chelsea one way or another will will themselves beyond these obstacles. Now the challenge for us as Chelsea supporters is the one constant in all of that behind Chelsea being that, that force that faces this adversity adversity and conquers it was that Roman Abramovich was at the helm. Can we count on that um, in the future? I don't know, but this is a pretty young, fantastic core that already has a lot of impressive hardware to its name. And I have faith in the manager. I have faith in the players. I have faith in the club. They'll figure it out. And today for a brief fleeting moment, the performance on that pitch today gave me hope that everything was going to be okay. I will pull forward the uh, quote from Thomas Tuchel since we're just on it right now that uh, so far we can trust each other and this will not change as long as we have enough shirts and a bus to drive to the games. We will be there and compete hard. That definitely was a goosebumps type of quote to see from him in the face of all this. You know, he's weathering the storm and both him and Emma Hayes have been just pitching an absolute no hitter at the moment. And it's, it's really impressive to see that we've got two great leaders of the club who are in the midst of everything, finding ways to motivate their team, finding ways to rally uh, players, the supporters and to, to go after everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel an immense sense of pride for everyone who went to work today. I mean, it, <laughs> You know, I, uh, prior to recording, I was uh, complaining about a shitty work day. I can't imagine that I had a worse day than any of those folks um, who went out there. And, uh, I, you know, again, every, you know, watching the NBC coverage before the game was interesting because it was Danny Higginbotham and, uh, and Robbie Musto saying, oh, I don't know if the players are going to be up for this or not, or let's see if their heads are sulking. And the cannon that shot Mason Mount... <laughs> onto the field uh, was impressive. And I think it's that kind of stuff. You know, it's the fact that Cobham showed up today, which we'll get into in a, in a little bit. The fact that the the steel and the reserve um, kind of <laughs> mentality of this team that's always been there. I mean, in good times and bad is still there in like one of the most crucial moments. I mean, it's it's what Arsenal fans think they have that we actually have. 
Yeah, I I felt uh, Mason Mount kissing that crest in my bones. Yeah, uh, that was a very felt cool it moment. deep. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. we're we're gonna we're Much gonna take needed. that bottle of syrup and we're gonna drizzle uh, that praise all over some players, uh, pancakes of players here in just a moment. We're gonna take a quick ad break and we will be right back after uh, thanking these sponsors for supporting the show. We appreciate it. All right, so now that we're back, I want to thank Brian for joining us on Patreon. Uh, also, if you uh, actually went to the Patreon page, uh, the first six W SW six ish, which is uh, a little bit of a six minute ish recap with six points from the game, uh, dropped that from Joe Tweeds today. Perfect time to drop that. Uh, and then also, we've got more pods coming out. Uh, Nick, I, I don't even want to tell people the schedule because uh, again, everything is uh, TBD and subject to change. I mean, there'll be match reviews, but everything else kind of is uh, is lightly sketched in at the moment. Yeah, th- three-word schedule review. Subject to change. Everything is up in the air. We're trying to get Matt Law back on uh, for an extra appearance this month. We'll see if that happens. I mean, we obviously have a shit ton of stuff to cover, and we will. We'll be there. You guys are getting five pods a week right now. Hell, it might be six. Try us. We'll be there. Um, but, yeah, look, uh, we're going to do the best we can <laughs> is the answer. I th- we covered this in the intro we're not ever going to be first. We're going to try and be right. And I think there's still um, a lot of value in that, in this fast paced world that we live in. So you guys know who we are at this point. Well, with that said, Kai's the guy. Havertz, the player who was promised seemingly has arrived seemingly in the form of his life, at least at Chelsea and giving Thomas Tuchel no questions as to who should slot in at the top of the lineup in our attack. Uh, Mike Ryan Weiss, uh, how are you feeling uh, one year kind of post now into the Kai Havertz era and uh, where he's been able to add a little bit of thrust into that forward line? Promise made, promise kept, right? This is what Chelsea were buying. And luckily for him and luckily for Chelsea that have a couple of trophies directly because of his performances in big matches, his performances in big matches have kind of been able to outshine some pretty disappointing out of position, admittedly performances from Kai, especially in, in the early going it seems to be a, a second half player, which actually, if we really want to nitpick, that's kind of the book on Kai Havertz. Generally it happened in, in, in the Bundesliga as well. So we have to keep an eye out for that. But now um, I believe 14 goals to his name under Thomas Tuchel. That is actually surprisingly, I was surprised to hear this, the lead, um, a lot of goal distribution. And if uh, our wingbacks actually stayed healthy, that might've been different leading up to this. But uh, Kai Havertz to me has been totally liberated. And so is manager. Cause I think you can't mention Kai Havertz without mentioning Thomas Tuchel. And um, I know, Several in Chelsea land have made this point. I think you guys have also raised it, but I'll go ahead and echo it is um, Thomas Tuchel is picking a squad free uh, from pressure, free from fear, free from the uh, commitment of a previous administration. It seems pretty clear. I don't know if Romelu Lukaku uh, would be sitting as much as he is presently if this very unfortunate situation with the ownership did not pop up and Chelsea are better for it, man. Uh, Kai Havertz is better for it. This is Kai Havertz's best position at Chelsea. There is so much data to suggest that. 
Um, I really like the attacking options that it presents. Mason and him link up well. Credit to to Mason. I, I think uh, in terms of a pure attack, I think Mason in the midfield with Ziyech and Pulisic and Kai is probably our most dynamic lineup. But look, Thomas Tuchel, given the goal distribution, likes to have a lot of tools at his disposal and a lot of different lineups to go to. And the one key cog in all of that, I think now it's looking very clear that it's Kai Havertz that should be a name that's cemented atop that team sheet. It's it's a whole different flow. I mean, that's the the deal. Like, if you're watching this and you watched some of the shocking football that we played in the middle of January, middle of February, it doesn't look like the same team, (laughs) you know? And that's the, you know, whatever. Like, that's Tuchel's job is to pick the best players to win the game. You know, Chelsea are feeling... A little bit of heat for the first time in the in the race for the top four, you know, from uh, the posers in North London. And you have to beat Norwich. You have to beat Newcastle. You have to beat Burnley, right? So, you know, these are the ones that you need to pick up points. And Kai Havertz now has five goals in his last six. He scored a couple of really important ones in cups on the way. And the movement, the pressing Dan, uh, the interchange, you know, they, they showed a few clips on on NBC um, after the match where they kind of showed his movement and how dynamic it was in this match. He's really good at pulling center backs out wide with him and creating gaps in the mid kind of in the box or, or where he should be. And Mason Mount just went there time and time and time and time and time again. Like that was the whole method and poor, poor Grant Hanley never had a par. It was it was brutal. The, the thing to keep in mind is, so at five goals and two assists in the Premier League, uh, he has now equaled his contribution in the Premier League from last season with plenty of matches to go and at about 300 less minutes. So you're seeing elevation in kind of goals and assists per 90, which is really nice to see. It's coming at the perfect time when Chelsea were looking for goals anywhere, like the defense had gotten short up outside of a penalty situation today, probably would have kept a clean sheet too. And he gives you the flexibility to then say, throw Pulisic on, throw Ziyech on, because he's going to make space for others. He makes space for the overload. He allows individuals, Mike, to get into a position that I think with Fukaku up top, it was a little more stationary. He was looking for others to create the space for him. Havertz is going to find the space by making it for others and then going back in, uh, kind of doubling back. And uh, it's a testament to how well he's played over the last few games, but do not take that finish on that third goal for granted. It has been a finish that has been sorely lacking over the last half Mm -hmm. decade, I'd say, at, at Chelsea FC. That's the guy. That's the dude that I saw on YouTube uh, highlight films uh, soundtrack by dubstep. That's the dude that got (laughs) us all super excited. That's a match winning quality that we sorely need. And um, in a congested race for hardware, uh, I think uh, we've all conceded the league a few weeks ago, but uh, why kind of, Wow. <laughs> There's Dan. There he Chaos is. Chaos point not... punch cards have been are going to be redeemed. We're cashing in everything right now. I, I think I think Pep and Manchester City have been fairly consistent enough for us to perhaps see that competition, and perhaps we'll see them in a, in a knockout competition. We've proven to be a difficult out there, and that trophy matters a hell of a lot more to them than the Premier League trophy. I can assure you that, considering um, where they're at right now. But uh, Kai Havertz finished on that third goal 
not not enough said about that. It was it was absolutely special. It was a pretty good feed. We've seen a lot of um, breadbasket feeds delivered in recent years where we just <laughs> cannot put them away. Oh, and this man. guy spectacularly finished that game off in in a game that was still in the balance, even though Chelsea deserved all three points. If you were buying into the narrative, if you were cowering in the corner after Pookie hit that PK, you kind of felt you feared the worst because Chelsea have delivered so often in giving you the worst possible fear when things are going bad. Kai Havertz with a special finish made you sleep easy tonight on a night that um, is weighing heavily on so many. Yeah, for sure. And and look, it's it's about now what he does with this momentum, right? I think for a player of his quality, we, we've started to see him clearly free of whatever shackles he had earlier in the season or early last season, whatever the case was. If this is the type of performance that you can get both in big games and against teams that typically sit back in, in blocks, then, you know, we have a really special player. And I agree. I think if you look at his last few finishes, Daniel, last few goals, you're starting to see more crafty quality finishes. He's not scuffing these over. Well, he scuffed the one against Burnley over the line, did hit him in the back leg, but I think the header against Burnley was really, really nice and like uh, actually an underrated header. So he's going away from goal, has to head it back. And the the smash today was was quite nice. Well, not the only individual getting onto the score sheet because we also had Mason Mount mounting return. And boy, does that man hate Norwich. He absolutely wanted he to single-handedly send them down. You know, it's really about the Billy Gilmore stuff early on, right? Like, we wouldn't feel so good about seeing a team go back down to the championship if they just treated Billy Gilmore nicely. But you know what? You did that thing, and now it's it's come home to roost, to use a bird pun again, because burning. Uh, mm. <laughs> Nick Verlaney, uh, Mason Mount, uh, he's back. It turns out he's quite good. Um, and, and look, you know, I, I think people are uh, well within their rights to say, lads, it's Norwich. You know, if you don't score 10 against them, you're a loser, whatever. But his uh, overall game tonight, his leadership, the fact that he was shot out of a cannon, the fact that he led by example on a night where you could have forgiven these guys for being down in the dumps and not knowing what their future holds. It to me shows a lot of character, like character is not developed in times where things are going great. And, you know, and I'm sure if Reese James would have been on the pitch, you would have seen the same thing from him tonight and, and all those guys. So the fact that Mason was the one to do it, the fact that he put away his goal so nicely, the fact that he assisted Trev on the first one, uh, it's exactly what you would expect, Mike, from a player who is at, I think, a really interesting career point, And a, it seems like a launch pad this season for future endeavors. Certainly a launch pad for what we all project to be a, a future captain, maybe as uh, soon as next season. And uh, these are the moments, right? This is the whole forged in Cobham thing that um, perhaps there's a disconnect between American fans that are a little newer to the club. I know I don't feel forged in Cobham as much as some other people on, on Chelsea Twitter, which is why at times I think Mason Mount is such a divisive uh, social media force, um, whether he's soaring or facing adversity like he did in the, in the Carabao final. But um, I, I think that uh, the character 
that he displayed just to echo your guys' sentiment was so sorely needed. And I think <laughs> I just recently saw the Batman, right? And I hearken back to previous iterations of the of the franchise about how people need to believe in something, a, a symbol that's that's bigger than them, a symbol of hope. And Mason Mount kissing that badge on camera, finding the camera, seeking it out, delivering in that moment what felt like a very big goal, given everything that's swirling around this cub. That was a symbol. That was something that only increases his legend. And it it sounds ridiculous because many people may not remember on the fixture list, on the balance of the season, an away fixture at, at Norwich in a top four battle that seems pretty solidified that might not matter uh, to macro PL observers. Right. But for people that live this club week in week out, like you guys, content creators, I I think you're going to remember what we saw today at Norwich from Mason Mount forever. I really do. I think when we weave the tapestry of his story at Chelsea, there's a lasting image from his performance there. And boy, Dan, he hates Norwich. He, he hates he just this is this is his get right. This is his get right. <laughs> he he's going to be uh, the only person who's going to be equally happy and sad about Norwich going down to the championship uh, is one Mason Mount because uh, well then he he, likes... he he has more to do with it than damn near anyone else. Stop sending him to a yo-yo club. Maybe hold uh, back one. Uh, single-handedly uh, putting pushing through the moon door. Um, anyway, 89% pass accuracy, 80 touches, 30 passes into the final third, seven touches in the opposition box, five chances created, four shots, four duels won, four possessions won, one goal, and one beautiful assist to start the game. Just in general, an overall special night out for Mason. I, I think it was a, a flip of the coin. Um as to who had the better night, I mean, Kai Havertz was fantastic. Mason had a wonderful experience and outing, too. And, I, I mean, when was the last time, Nick, when you think about it, that, like, the two of the attackers are like the, oh, wow, they had the, some of the best nights on the pitch. That's not been, <laughs> that's not been a quite frequent occurrence for Chelsea over the last, uh, hmm, got to check my date book here, uh, long time. It's been a minute, Dan, um, and it's it's good to see. I mean, like, it's if you think about this whole season, right? I was thinking about this earlier. Different components of the team have been responsible for whichever you know, whatever amount of success we were having at the time. You know, it starts off the season is all defense, hadn't let in a goal in like nine games, and and just looked like we weren't ever going to concede. Right? Then Edwan Edwan Mendy goes on an absolute tear, where he saves everything. And everyone, uh, burning buildings, trees, whatever, like he's, he's rescuing everything. Then the wingbacks absolutely go on a tear, right? They are everywhere. It is impossible to ignore them. Reese James, Ben Chilwell. And then we go through the dark patch where the midfield has to try and hold everything together. They do an okay job. It doesn't go totally tits up, but it's, it's not great. And now it's, it's certainly the forwards turn after all this stuff and it is really an interesting time for that part of our game to be clicking (laughs) because while Chelsea currently have a bunch of injury issues, while we're not getting Ben Chilwell back for the rest of the season, which is God, it just seems like the biggest loss more and more as you watch. 
uh, it is incredibly important that we score goals then, right? If our defense is not going to be as vacuum tight, we have to ensure that we're not, or that we're able to at least keep up. And this movement that you saw today is going to give any team fits, Mike. I mean, this will give the best of the best fits. Yeah. Well, I, uh, in struggling to describe what we saw during Frank Lampard's era, I uh, attributed him with a malleability that probably in retrospect, he did not deserve uh, because he was so very early in his managerial career trying to figure it out. The, the inconsistency and where the scoring was coming from and where the attack was generated and what the shape was, wasn't really the the calling cards of someone that was a tactical genius at the time that was trying to beat you with all the, the tools at his disposal. It was very much a manager trying to find his way. The, the true signature calling card of Thomas Tuchel is that malleability is that ability to beat you in different ways. And, while what you said has so much merit because Chelsea were still kind of figuring it out. He had the hardware to back it up. He <laughs> had the trust in that this was a tried and true proven commodity at manager. And this could be the circle of life, right? It's a forged turn. Now when it becomes Mendy's turn, when it becomes a back line's turn, when it becomes midfield's turn, basically outside of, the two man pivot in midfield that's been in, in a bit of upheaval throughout the last three to four years, you feel pretty good about where you stand. Anytime you're leaning too much on that midfield, it's usually when we're doing the sad pods. Also, ironically, it's, it's usually in January. I'm not really sure what the correlation is there, but um, again, a testament to the players, the toughness that they displayed, the leadership from the players on the field, particularly Mason Mount and the Cobham guys and the manager who has been a steady hand throughout all of this. This um, could have gone either way. And I, I, I like to think that this is going to galvanize this locker room that has already been through the battles that already has the success to its name. That's why last year winning that champions league was so huge because it was ahead of schedule for mm-hmm. this core. And now when they're going through rough patches like this, they have something tangible that they can point to and say, no matter how bad it is, we've already shown that we can overcome no matter how they went about, no matter how many empty stadiums are man, no matter how many holes people try to poke in that dominant champions league run last year, they have the hardware to prove that they've been there before and they've uh, gone through the fire. And here comes another test. So speaking yeah. of individuals going through tests, as it were, the defense got a little bit of a test, not a whole lot, a little bit of a test, uh, because Norwich really didn't do a whole lot. They had a couple breakaways, but you know what? We had it handled, our handballed. Um you know, Trev Chalba had a wonderful first half and a little bit of a different uh, second half, uh, more abstract phase of his uh, his kind of creative <laughs> experience there. Uh, he, first half, though, Statman Dave, 100% tackles, one, 100% successful dribbles, 100% ground duels, 100% aerial duels, one, 97% pass accuracy, 39 total touches, four ground duels, one, one shot, and one goal in the third minute. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's in general a very good stat line. Overall, maybe not his best line out, particularly in the second half, Nick, but I kind of feel like that was due to Asby coming off. The right yeah. was a little more subject to attack when Ruben came in as a wingback. That's right, Ruben lost his cheek. Center back? Wing back? I don't know. Wherever. <laughs> it's okay. Valiant, valiant effort, though, regardless. Yeah. Well, decent in the final third. Not exactly uh, what you want on the defensive end. Uh, wh- whenever uh, Cesar Spilicueta leaves the club, uh, the the next uh, player shirt that I get will be Trev Chalaba. I 
love this dude. I think that he is a star in the making. Of course, the handball is unfortunate. Of course, there's a little bit of a deflection. It bounces up, and he knew it straight away. I don't. I don't think it's a you know a big deal. You know, obviously the result ends up being all right. But in the first half, when he had Dave to compliment him, and if he has Reese James to compliment him, or you know, a, a real wing back out there, the fact that he is able to push up a little bit more than some of our center backs do and create a little bit of space for himself, he had a little. A little bit of a dribble today. I was like, come on, man, do it. He creates space, and all that does is suck in the opposing fullback because they their their instinct or their or their midfield, either way, it opens up space on either side. Their instinct is to go, ah, he shouldn't be here. <laughs> What's he doing here? Ah. And then they'll suck in and he'll be able to distribute the ball. And then there's just more space. And that's just something that against these low block teams that we have struggled to do all year. So him moving up the field. And taking on a couple of players is huge. And then, of course, he's shown in the last three or four games, Mike, that he can play a damn pass forward. Like, I'm, again, I'm high on him. And I know the penalty, of course, people are going to, you know, slate him for it. But I don't think it's that big of a deal. No, he was he was in position. Uh, took a deflection, as you said. And sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. I, I, I'm with you. I, I think he's a, a special player. Um, it's uh, the main reason why, as sad as we are to potentially see guys like Christensen and, and Aspie go potentially to the same team, which is going to be weird <laughs> for us. Um, and a team, how does that happen, by the way? A, t- a team with no money, by the by. That's weird. It's hmm. weird how we're losing um, a captain and a, a Cobham graduate um, to a club with no money is, is odd to me. But um, it's why you have faith that they can keep this thing running. And it really lean on, on this season, I say, um, to any Chelsea fans, because the fact that you have this transition happening right in front of your eyes, this handoff, the fact that you see Chalabal out there with Azpilicueta uh, while he's doing his thing, while he knows, I think Aspi and even to a degree Christensen uh, and certainly Silva, who who's new but feels like a Chelsea lifer, uh, I think they all understand the assignment right now, and they're bringing this player along who is absolutely key. He survived uh, in that preseason. He he had one opportunity to, to shine and he ran with it. And he was a player that was so destined to be loaned out. And who knows if we would have ever seen him in a blue shirt ever again, if he got loaned out and circumstance via injury and opportunity, he took full advantage of it and Chelsea are going to be better for it. I'm with you. This is a dependable player for me. So much so that I don't even bat an eye at that handball, honestly. It's one of the things where, you know, you, you look at what could have been, right? We could have signed a player into that position at the beginning, middle, or end of the transfer window this past summer. Doesn't end up happening. And Trev Talba now, I think, has more goals than Jaden Sancho in the Premier League. <laughs> it's just, more it's, than Messi. More than Messi in the league. More than Messi. Just absurd. He scores what he wants, Dan. Damn Again, it. it's a fun finger pokey type thing to to go after rival fans. But I think it's it's fantastic. And I think the benefit of him continuing to get to learn from, as you mentioned, a guy who feels like a Chelsea lifer, Mike, and Thiago Silva for another full season after this is only like the, the best education you could look into. It's like, Oh, I, I ended up just uh, stumbling into a masterclass subscription for a fee. What? How did that happen? 
I, it is very odd to me. And it, most world football fans might think I'm, I'm crazy for saying this, but when I close my eyes and I envision, I'm doing that a lot, by the way, I'm closing my eyes and envisioning uh, Chelsea defenders. But when I think of Tiago Silva, I think of him in a blue shirt <laughs> and he's older than I am. <laughs> and he's had this illustrious career, one of the greatest defenders of his generation. Some would argue the single greatest defender of Some his generation. He, many are saying this. <laughs> and he was in a final with our manager a year and a half ago with another club. And they let that manager and that player go for nothing again. I'm, I know this is a Chelsea podcast, but I'm genuinely confused at the strategy displayed by Paris's biggest club. It's it's interesting to uh, not to look at PSG and say what a bunch of absolute choke artists. Marquinhos has not been the same, <laughs> and you know Marquinhos was the prospect. Like Chelsea went after Marquinhos a couple of times, if you believe the reports, and the fact that you got the real deal on the free and you just look at him and you're like, how are you doing this? Like I, I wake up with a sore back these days for no fucking reason. And that guy's just absolutely out there doing work. Like it's insane. And again, the family, the love for the club, the fact that you have a guy, you, you have guys like him, you have guys like Aspie, who have been around the block a few times, especially in difficult circumstances um, at respective clubs. And you, if you're a young player who's worried about their future or any uh, staff at the club, and you can look at them and go, all right, I feel like you guys are going to do something. Like, you're, you're going to lead us through this, no problem. Like, like Washington across the Delaware. Like, that's, that's how I think people are looking at these guys right now. Like, just take us, we'll follow you wherever. Good, good a, vibes. Uh, a reference that may still be a little too soon for your listeners across the pond. Yeah, sorry. It, spoiler spoiler alert on the 1776 part of the world. Uh, oh, my God. Sorry. Sorry, guys. It's a, wow. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's going to wrap up those portions of the conversation. We're going to get into the day of the match, though, which is never controversial. Look, you're getting the banter on Jesse Marsh. We're going to have George Washington. God damn it. Yeah. Come on. All right, well, he's our Ted Lasso and we love him. Um, anyway, uh, uh, almost a clue to go Conte in this uh, did not, but uh, made me rethink it maybe a little bit here, Mike. But uh, I put in Kai Havertz, uh, Mateo Kovacic, who played a very fantastic game under the radar yet again, Mason Mount and Thiago Silva. And uh, no surprise, it was a two-way race for the attackers. Kai Havertz edging it out at 50%, but Mason Mount not far behind at 43%. 5% for Silva and 2% for Kovacic, but he could have thrown Conte in there just to, to be a wild card. It could have happened. I would have voted for Conte. I would have voted for Conte. He was just, it, that was a highlight reel that he put out today. I know. And like sauce, <laughs> absolute sauce. Uh, anyway, looking at the matches that happened over the midweek uh, or since we last recorded the men's show, uh, Spurs beat Everton 5 0. Uh, sorry, Frank. Uh, it's looking very troubling for you there. Uh, but don't worry. Because your friends at Leeds are really trying to do the business of going down, losing to Aston Villa 3 to nothing. Wolves also trying to push Watford back down to the championship 4 nothing win. Newcastle, that's right, Newcastle continuing a nine-game unbeaten streak. 2-1 over Southampton. And then, obviously, we beat Norwich 3-2-1. So the table as it stands, 
Manchester City still on top, 69 points, uh, 28 matches played. Then you had Liverpool, 63 points, 27 matches played. We're finally catching up to matches played. We've got 27 played now, 56 points in third place. And then after that, you know, you got your Arsenal, 48 points. They've got two matches in hand. You got Manchester United, who are 28 and 47. They're going to make it real difficult for that top four fight for them. And then you got West Ham, also 28, also 45 points. So there's a little bit, a little bit, Nick, a little bit of separation uh, for that kind of top four contention. Yeah, Ar- Arsenal just missing. They're th- I mean, this is just wild. They're, they're three matches behind City. Spurs finally caught up a couple, but... Yeah, you worry about Everton now. Their their run in is tough, and if you if you get beat like that by Spurs, when when Antonio Conte is really half out the door, that I mean, look, man, I if Burnley don't go down, I'm gonna be furious. <laughs> okay, so Everton for whatever you're. Get your head out of your ass and and stay above them. I want Burnley to go down. That is that is my dream. I want a Newcastle. That's obviously not going to happen now. They're they're well out, but son of a bitch, keep Burnley out. <laughs> Look, Brentford, <laughs> Southampton, Man City, Norwich. That's not going to happen. Uh, Wolves, West Ham, Watford, Aston Villa, Newcastle, and Tottenham all have a job to do and that is to beat Burnley or not concede you know or draw Burnley so that they go down. They all have an assignment and they need to do <laughs> you need to do it for us and for football. For football. You need to do it for football. <laughs> all right, well that's that's kind of it. That's uh, any final thoughts? Sorry. Uh, I wasn't on the Burnley review, but I, I need to to you need to unleash. <laughs> need, need to uncork a little bit. I hate it's them. Fine. Uh, but yeah, look, uh, final thought from me here. Um, just continue to be good to each other, man. The world's crazy and it's not seeming to slow down at all. Um, so as things continue to, uh, to be wild out there, be, be as good or, or even better to each other in your friendships, relationships, family, whatever need, need all the good vibes we can get right now. Uh, wise words. Nick, um, I, I think you guys have been uh, beacons on social media. Uh, I, I will say because I personally have been caught up in the sports washing of the last 20 years here at, at Chelsea FC. And, uh, and I miss your opening uh, thoughts on, on Roman Abramovich. I will say that you can love your club and just love your club and be singular focused in loving your club. You don't need to become a geopolitical expert. You don't need to form opinions on what People have been trying to figure out for 20 years when it comes to our present owner. Right now, the team needs your support. Also, uh, in the very same vein, I'm not English. I don't subscribe to the away fans culture. Uh, I, I find them embarrassing often. Please be better than that. Just, just please, especially if you're going to do that, <laughs> at the very least, be conscious of timing. Because you are picking some really bad times to be making your statements. So love the club and leave it at that. Leave it at that because the players could certainly use your support. And I know where it's coming from and it's coming from a confused place. We're all a little confused right now, but um, it, it, it doesn't have to be more complicated, honestly, than you loving that crest and that shirt and rooting for whoever's in it. Uh, and again, 
the shirt won't have a sponsor anymore. So it'll be so much easier to love. So that's that's the thing to keep uh, in the front of the mind. Obviously, uh, a lot going on. We hope this brought you uh, a little joy and light in your life in this exact moment. But hope you are staying safe and well. And until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. 